Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Standing across from me is a gentleman who's given himself his own nickname during his Sports Center updates. His name is Action Jackson. That's right. A tribute to Carl Weathers. I believe Vanity was his co star. And we'll spend some time on that coming up at at 10.30, I believe, is what what is on the itinerary today. Uh, you are always welcome to participate in said presentation by texting in the Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, oh, I just realized my shirt's inside out as I went to put my hands oh, in my there, pockets. Really, I, just, I just, just thought, <laughs> so I stand and I put my hands in my pockets and... It's complete. Has this been this way all day long? Well, yeah. If walking you, around? If you just noticed it now, then yeah. My goodness. I've had I, I just happen. saw the uh, the market manager here for Hubbard, John Kioski, in the hallway before coming in, and we were talking, and I'm sure he had to look at that and go, wow. <laughs> really imp- really impressive. That's talent right there. <laughs> Glad we brought him on board. <laughs> my, I, how did I not notice it until now? We've been doing a show for three hours plus, and now I just went to put my hands in my pockets? With a zipper jacket, I feel like that would be more noticeable. So, yeah, the zipper's inverse. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, all right, so here's, uh, here's what we got going on. So Tom Brady retires. This morning, officially. We talked about it with Seth Wickersham yesterday. Jackson, now what you did was you called this sliding glass moments. Yeah, I I messed that up. I saw it this morning. But it's sliding doors. And as it turns out, this is a term that has become, I wouldn't say commonplace. I would imagine as people are listening to this right now, they're thinking, what is, what is, sliding, what is sliding glass? What is sliding doors? What does this mean? It's a re- Are you familiar with what this is? It, 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 considering the movie came out when you the year you were born. Um, no, I don't. But, so, but you know the term. Right, right. And I was thinking sliding. The only doors I know that slide are glass. So that was my... Well, that is accurate. The name of the film, however, was Sliding Doors with the delightful Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, she was great. And the theme of the movie, the plot of the movie, and if you don't want to have the film spoiled for you. (laughs) 23 years later. That's correct. uh, you've, You've been forewarned. Is Gwyneth Paltrow catches the subway in London. What is the subway called in London? The subway? They take some sort of tube to get to France, I know. Channel. There we go. <laughs> but I don't believe that's what the subway is called in London. <laughs> Either way, uh, she makes the subway in in one scene, and then they show what her life would be like, and then she misses the subway, the sliding doors gotcha. of the train. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And then how it alters her life going forward. Essentially, a term that I think now is more commonly known as the butterfly effect. Right, right. All right. 
So what you said was, what did you say? I'll, I'm not going to just read your word. I'm going I'm to act like I'm putting my hands in my pockets that do not exist. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're because I've been wearing a shirt inside out for four hours and nobody has called attention to it. Right. Well, the Rams were in St. Louis from 1995 to early 2016. That's right, that's right. And there was a lead up of five years, give or take, with the possible expansion team. And then when the Rams finally came in 95, there was a, a time in between. What are some of the sliding doors moments nice. in those, we'll give it 25-year delta, that could have changed the outcome that happened in January of 2016? All right. So I like I like this idea you presented to me, mm-hmm. because then it allows me to go into my memory, and then also some of the interviews I've done in recent years, because I would take it back for the purpose of the sliding doors butterfly effect to the 1980s. But if there was one that actually took place on the football field, we have a news peg with what occurred this morning, mm. and that is Tom Brady. I am truly of the opinion that if the Rams win that game, the future of the Rams in St. Louis is altered. Mm. Now, that might sound ridiculous because where people arrive is Georgia Frontier passes away, her uh, two children are not in a position with the estate tax, or they just don't want to own the franchise. And so Stan Kroenke eventually owns it anyway. And then you have these events play out that have played out. And I disagree with that. But that's, that's on the field. That's Tom Brady's retirement. That's Tom Brady and the Patriots electing to try to score while John Madden on the broadcast is chastising them for, for doing so. Um, saying, oh, you got to sit on the ball and play for overtime, and then they start passing it, and he's like, well, I was you know, I was wrong. Look at this. The Patriots are moving down the field, and now they're in position to kick a game-winning field goal. That all happened in a matter of, of minutes, and then right after Vinatieri's ball sails through the uprights, and I was in the bowels of the Superdome when that occurred with uh, hundreds of other reporters because we had to go downstairs and then stand like shoulder to shoulder and watch on television because we of course weren't allowed on the field until the game ended and i remember as that ball sailed through the uprights a bunch of the reporters cheering Mm. people wanted to see the patriots win right i don't know if that was a september 11th patriots thing which all always struck me as kind of hackneyed Mm -hmm. uh that you would tie in the fact that but i think robert Kraft actually said that on the podium. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, fitting that after September 11th, the Patriots have won the Super Bowl, something along those lines. Uh, so I recall that element of it. And then the first shot after the ball goes through the uprights. Do you recall the first shot? Mike Martz lifting up the security rope in clear anger, frustration. And that was the moment that it began to spiral oh. as far as on the field. That was okay. the moment. All right. I see where you're coming from. Okay. But, and that's Tom Brady. Tom Brady retiring this morning. But it actually goes back way before. It almost goes back two full decades before. And I wasn't aware of it. I was aware of it to an extent. But the sliding doors moment actually took place at a meeting in downtown St. Louis. Mm. In the 1980s, from my standpoint, that to me is the moment. And this information comes from conversations I had on my podcast with then 
County Executive Gene McNary. He was the county executive in the 1980s. And then uh, maybe a few months later, uh, 1980s mayor of the city of St. Louis, Vince Shamel. And that is what set the stage for what could have been and then where we are now. And where we are now is watching the team that left St. Louis play in the Super Bowl in the building that the gentleman who owned the franchise paid for out of his own pocket, and that is before he had to pay the city of St. Louis $790 million. And honestly, as much as I have followed this story, and I think uh, locally I would say Randy Carricker and Ben Fredrickson have been on it, uh, you know, at it, 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 an intense level right. um, as well. Uh, I traveled to California for the city hall meetings, uh, or town hall meetings, they weren't city hall meetings, town hall meetings in Oakland that the NFL hosted in 2015 and in San Diego. I visited the Inglewood site um, where the stadium is now built, and I was supposed to have an interview and a tour of the site with the Inglewood mayor, not the Los Angeles mayor, the Inglewood mayor, James Butts, who on the night of his election or re-election said that he uh, had a meeting with the NFL the next day. The problem with that was uh, that came in 2014. Uh, The Rams were still playing in St. Louis, so it was a little suspicious. Mm -hmm. It was called to our attention in this Inglewood publication. How one of our listeners was reading the Inglewood publication is beyond me. We started talking about it on the radio, and an hour later, it was deleted from the story. That is a truthful statement. I know it might sound conspiratorial. It is a true statement. Uh, And then when I'm out there and I'm supposed to get this tour of the the land in Inglewood, uh, James Butts, who is the mayor, uh, his assistant, who uh, would later uh, be terminated because of an affair that she was having with the mayor, but that wasn't anything I was privy to at the time, mm-hmm. sends me an email and says, Mayor Butts will not be available today. And I thought to myself, okay, poker intuition tells me this is a little suspicious. Right. So I said, well, I'm sticking around Los Angeles for a couple of days. I will be available over the next two days. And she said, oh, he's got meetings the next couple of days. And at this point, now I can move my chips all in. Of course. Yeah. Now I know exactly where we are in the hand. Yeah. Somebody has killed the interview. It isn't somebody in Inglewood. No. It's somebody in Earth City. And I believe his name is Kevin Demoff. And I said at this point to his assistant, who he was having an affair with, I said, I'll be in Los Angeles indefinitely. Yeah. Kind of like what Julia Roberts says at the end of Notting Hill, which I know is a reference that really resonates with the audience. <laughs> and uh, and I didn't get a response from her at that moment because at that I shipped the chips into the middle and I said, I know what's going on. Somebody has killed the interview. And then I traveled back up the coast to Oakland for the town hall meeting that uh, the NFL was hosting, just like they did here in St. Louis. And uh, it was at, I believe, the Paramount Theater, I think, in downtown Oakland. And uh, Kevin Demoff texted me while I was in San Diego for that meeting. And he said, uh, make sure that you uh, try the pizza at this particular place in Oakland. And uh, that was his way of letting me know that he knew what I was doing. Yeah, he sees you. As if I give a damn. (laughs) But all of these are true stories. Now, some of you might be like... 
well, what does this have to do with the whole thing? Well, what I am telling you is the whole thing. Sure, I believe a sliding doors moment that you referenced uh-huh. would have been New Orleans, February 2002. That is a theory. But with certainty, with certainty, St. Louis could have had an NFL team. It just wouldn't have been the Rams had this meeting not taken place. And I will tell you what that is on the other side of the commercial break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Tim McKernan with you here on 101 ESPN. Look at this, Jackson. Compliments. Are we? Yeah. I purposely left for work 15 minutes late so I could listen to your show on the drive-in. That opening segment made it worth it. Great insight. Well, all I did was tease. All I did was tease. I think that might have been my dad who texted that in. Oh, is that right? <laughs> Maybe. Is he, is he 618? Uh, yeah. Is he really? Yeah, but that that ain't his number. But so why do you have to say that ain't his number? Why'd you go that way? Well, we were talking six one eight. Oh wow! Uh, that's gonna end the complimentary text for the day. Here we go. Uh, all right. So here's here's the backstory. So I'm interviewing Gene McNary, former county executive. Are you familiar with the name? No. All right. No. Okay. You're a young gentleman. Right. I would imagine people in their 30s might not be familiar. I'm sure people my age might not be familiar with the name. Mayor Vince Shamel, the mayor. Now, contrary to where things have kind of spun over the years, um, there was a common ground sentiment in the 1980s. You're asking for this sliding doors moment for the St. Louis right. NFL effort. Right. And I do believe that if the Rams beat the Patriots in, in February of 2002, it could have changed the trajectory. But here is a moment that it certainly would have. And the Cardinals, Bill Bidwill, why are you smirking at me? I want to come over there I'm and, and I'm going to fight you. I think I'm going to, I'm going to fight you. I know I you got about 10 I, inches on me, but it doesn't matter. I'm I didn't think I was smirking. Because you, you, you know you poked the beehive with that 618 comment? Yeah, I'm waiting for them to kill me. So <laughs> 657 Eight zero uh, is the number to text in if you want to attack Jackson. Please feel free. All right, so McNary and Shame will get together. Now this is this is per Gene McNary when he came in to do the podcast, and they have agreed to build a stadium where basically in the vicinity of where Rams Park is was and where uh, Hollywood Casino Amphitheater is. All right, so you gotcha. have a general idea of where right. it was going to be. Uh, in that neck of the woods. McNary tells me not only, and I had never heard this, and I know you're a big NBA guy. Mm. You're not going to believe this. McNary telling this is all in the podcast. This isn't like, oh, I heard from a friend, from a friend. This is him telling me this, that not only would it have been a facility that would have housed the Cardinals to keep the Cardinals here. So we're going back to the 1980s. But the San Antonio Spurs. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. So you've never heard this. No. And I said, the Spurs? And he said, I'm very, he goes, an NBA team. I remember as an NBA team wanted to move here as well and play in the building. Oh, my God. So St. Louis would have the Cardinals, the Blues, the football Cardinals, and what Gene McNary believes was the Spurs. Jeez. So on the podcast. Oh, man. Now you're getting upset. Now, uh, now, now I'm putting I wish you in a bad could, place. I wish we NBA could, I, boy here is going to be. I wish we didn't miss that subway and get back on to nah, get back to nah, that I'm reality. Take, I'm taking you down sliding doors. Yeah. So he says that everything's in place. And he tells Vince Shamel. He says that Vince Shamel 
had political aspirations beyond being the city of St. Louis mayor. And Shamel is called to a meeting in downtown St. Louis with a group of the power brokers, and their businesses were all in the city limits. So this is the city-county thing we've heard plenty about over the last few years. And these people tell Vince Shamel that if you allow McNary and Bidwell to build this stadium in Earth City, right. St. Louis County, uh, you can kiss your political aspirations beyond the city of St. Louis goodbye. Mm. And so McNary goes from believing he has a deal that is going to keep the Cardinals in St. Louis with a new building, with a roof, yeah. obviously, right. as the Spurs were going to play an outdoor game, uh, and uh, to finding out that the deal is off. Now, I have Shamel in. Shamel says that is not the case. He says uh, that uh, Bidwell was not happy. He didn't like playing second fiddle. He didn't necessarily get along with the Bush family, the brewery, and uh, there was all kinds of back and forth about serving beer at uh, the stadium, and that was the core issue. Uh, McNary says, nope, that is not the case. That's not the case. I know he wasn't, of course, in office at the time, but I have former Governor Jay Nixon in to talk about the whole situation. He tells a story NBA-wise. Have you heard this one? This is more NBA for you. Mm. He tells a story NBA-wise that he gets time with David Stern, the late commissioner of the NBA. Absolutely. And he gets an hour with him. He flies up to New York to meet with him, and he tells David Stern... Uh, here is uh, here is what my idea is. Uh, it put an NBA team. I think it was the time when the Grizzlies were not sure what their situation was going to be. So they're still in Vancouver. Right. But and there was talk of the Grizzlies coming to St. Oh, Louis. I've heard that. I'm not sure if it was the Grizzlies, but either way, an NBA team and have them play half their home games in St. Louis and half their home games in Kansas City. And Stern says, well, that's not going to happen, but we still have 59 minutes. What else would you like to talk about? <laughs> yeah, that's a quick one. <laughs> So the governor makes the proposal, and the proposal is matumboed, and he still has an hour with the commissioner, so they get a chance to talk. But with regards to the NFL in St. Louis, what happens if that meeting in downtown St. Louis? Because to me, that's the one. And listen, I'm when they moved, I'm I'm not even. I, mean, I guess I'm ten years old, so my connection to the football Cardinals is you know super remote. But that would have been the solution. That right. would have been the solution. Then, of course, you have the expansion effort. And the expansion effort is set up as much as people now feel like the NFL is against St. Louis. And I totally understand where you're coming from on that. That was set up to get a team back in St. Louis. That's what it was set up for. Hmm. But there was all kinds of infighting. Jerry Clinton... Fran Murray. And so then they had to, when they initially announced a franchise going to the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte, North Carolina, they gave St. Louis additional time to get its financial house in order. And then, ideally, St. Louis would get the NFL franchise. Already were building the stadium. But St. Louis didn't get its financial house in order. Right. And so the team goes to Jacksonville. So now... Sliding doors moment number two, you have a building without a team. And what that puts you in a spot is of zero leverage. And so when John Shaw is asking for the world, 
i.e., the top tier clause. Right. What can you do? Because if you don't have a team, you have an empty building. Which and is, so yeah. you concede. Right. And the top tier clause is when it's all said and done, the reason why Kroenke anxiously executed his right of first refusal when the team was put on the market. So then the Rams move here. You know the song and dance with that operation. But what I'm saying with regards to today's news peg of Tom Brady retiring, my belief is the relationship between the city, but really slash region, and the franchise changes if they win that game. Allow me to explain. Mike Martz went down a, a dark path after that game. The 2002 season was a mess. It led to infighting at Rams Park. And they did have a great season in 2003. It was a great season in 2003. Should have been an NFC Championship season in 2003. That was the year they lost in double overtime to the Panthers. Steve Smith burning Jason Seahorn's athletic supporter at midfield and then going in to score and ending what was the final NFL playoff game ever played in St. Louis. But from that point forward, it became a disaster. A disaster that did not end. Hell, you can make a case it still hasn't. But if you wanted to close it out, you could say when the, when the wire payment arrived in the end of December in the form of $790 million. Whether it was the performance on the field, the back and forth between the city and the county about the Rams, whatever it was, the lawsuit, the horrible performances of the team that's record set, all of that. There is an article in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that strikes me as stunning when you, when you read it. And it's from 2007, 2007, with a quote from Dan Deardorff. And I think we all trust Dan Deardorff here. Oh, yeah. So this is 12 years after the Dome opens, and he's aware of the top-tier clause. And he's saying, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I have read the quote. I've cited it multiple times. We have to get our act in order here, or else we're going to be essentially at risk of the team moving. Now, this is 12 years in. This is 12 years in because they know there's this top-tier clause. I don't know if he's thinking about George's situation, but he knows there's this top-tier clause. Now, the NFL, all while this is going on, and we talked about this with Seth Wickersham yesterday on the show, while the NFL is handling whatever situation it may have with St. Louis down the road for the first 10 years of of the 2000s, the NFL is using Los Angeles as a way to leverage other cities into building stadiums. That is why we saw the burst in stadiums over the first 10 years of the decade. And really, it started basically right after the dome was built. St. Louis's dome is the equivalent of the Chicago White Sox baseball stadium. That's my parallel for you. It was built right before Camden Yards opened, and then Camden Yards basically became the model for Coors Field and here in St. Louis, Bush Stadium and a bunch of other ballparks. But you look at whatever it's called now on the south side of Chicago. Guaranteed rate field. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, and it looks like it's, it's something from the 1970s, yeah. when in reality, I think it was right around 90-ish that it opened. Right. Uh, but it looks super outdated, and it felt super outdated right away. And that's the spot that St. Louis was in. When it was built, ah, it's a brand new dome in yeah. downtown St. Louis. By the time it opened, it was on the verge of being obsolete. Yeah. Now, we can all agree that when they were playing there, it was incredibly loud when the team was good. Perhaps one of the biggest advantages going. 
but when they were bad, it felt like a warehouse. And so the stage was set that there's no way this thing could be top tier. Whether that was manipulated or not, I don't believe that was manipulated. The fact that the clause was even there, though, is because St. Louis built a dome without a team. And the reason St. Louis built a dome was because they were trying to get an NFL team after the Cardinals left. But the Cardinals wouldn't have left if you don't have this meeting in downtown St. Louis, where Vince Shamel was told this team can't be moving to St. Louis County. And had somehow that not taken place, the Cardinals would be here in an NBA franchise potentially the Spurs would be here. How does that make you feel, Jackson? You wanted sliding doors. There's your sliding doors. Well, I often go back and forth to uh, whether I'd want the NFL back or an NBA team here. And in this sliding door situation, you'd have both. And uh, now it makes me, now I'm upset. Now I'm upset because it's like, you know, and it's just little moments like, like you said, the meeting in downtown St. Louis. Little things like that make the biggest difference. You know, taking it back specifically to Brady and his retirement this morning in that game, I was at that game covering it for KMOV, and I specifically recall a couple of things, three things, actually. I'll go with three things, the rule of thirds. Number one, interviewing Chris Mortensen of ESPN right outside of whatever hotel, I believe the Saturday before the game. And he's like, yeah, I think tomorrow night, we see the crowning of a destiny, uh, excuse me, a dynasty. And he was right. It just wasn't the one that he was thinking. Right. Uh, secondarily, because it was right after September 11th, walking to the Superdome and noticing uh, barbed wire fencing surrounding the building and rocket launchers. Rocket launchers? Rocket launchers. Which sounds, I mean, you obviously don't have cell phones then, or at least right. iPhones with cameras. Had I, it would have obviously been something you would have taken, because I couldn't believe it. And it was, it was a downer, yeah, uh, as, as you might imagine. Right. And, and it's tough to think now, but do, you know, going back 20 oh, yeah. years, almost 20 years to the day, um, thinking about it, uh, I, I think to myself, we were anxious going into the building for sure it's not the way one would think at this particular moment but in february of 2002 five months removed from september 11th that is what you are thinking you're thinking if there is going to be a terrorist attack this would be a spot to do it hence the rocket launchers Hmm. and then the third element of super bowl 36 and essentially tying it to what transpired with the Uh, eventual exit of the Rams and Tom Brady officially retiring this morning is not even really being that enthused for the game, not because I wasn't enthused to be at a Super Bowl, but because I thought, eh, the Patriots, I I, I had been up at Foxborough a couple months earlier when the Rams played them on Sunday night. And I'm just like, yeah, they're they're fine. Mm-hmm. I think they beat the Steelers to play the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. They did, and it was on the road, actually. Mm. And Drew Bledsoe was in right. in that game because um, Brady got hurt. And then it was a big deal that Belichick decided to start Brady. That I thought, ah, the Rams are going to win this so comfortably. This isn't really that—it's not that exciting. And then, sure enough, you saw what wound up happening— but there is a play right as Brady and the Patriots begin that drive, and I believe it's Leonard Little's hand in it. And if you see it, and if you really want to go back and torture yourself to go through this sliding doors moment, you would see that the ball, as they're beginning the drive, barely misses his hand, 
and how just that moment, yeah. if they don't complete the pass, and it wasn't like it was a long pass, but it gets the drive going, if at that moment Belichick goes, okay, we gave it a run, let's just get into overtime and see what happens. And then what happens? I think it could be a whole different story. Now, again, from the standpoint of solidifying well, the Cardinals certainly could have stayed here, and that has nothing to do with Tom Brady. That has nothing to do with anything on the field. That was there. And whether or not St. Louis could have really gotten its house in order for the expansion team and whatever went wrong there, many people point many different fingers. But on the field, Tom Brady got his start and as he said, I don't know if you've watched Man in the Arena on ESPN. I have not. Got his start. He said, we started to believe the night we lost to the Rams on that Sunday night game that I was citing in Foxborough. Right. Because the Rams at that time were viewed like Alabama is viewed now. Yeah. You can't even hang with the Rams. And they, he goes, we kind of hung with the Rams. And at that moment, we thought, well, yeah, we lost the game, but maybe we can really. And then they got another shot at him. And then that time they got him. And it changed not only the St. Louis football situation, but it then launched Tom Brady on that trajectory that sends him into an absolute another world that I don't think we will ever see again. Hyperbolic, perhaps accurate, yes, into winning all of these Super Bowls and being viewed as the greatest of all time. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780. You can text in to the Air Comfort Service text line. You are welcome to leave a mic drop. That is sponsored by Rhino Shield. Our time check presented by Clarkson Jewelers is 1035. Tim McKernan with you here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. Jackson's fresh off a Sports Center update, and uh, Jackson, you are uh, you are celebrating. I see. You feel good about that. Well, it's just every everything's gone up since the uh, the dramatic pause that was what, what is now known as the 49ers incident. Right, the 49ers. I, I think I might cost them the game. You think you think your inability to read cost Jimmy Garoppolo an ability to throw? Well, there was a lot of inability there on those last two drives, but I think I have, I mean, I'm a little to blame. I'll fall on the sword. I agree agree with you. I I texted Kyle Shanahan and told him I apologize. Good for you. That's a gentlemanly gesture. Uh, Guys, is Jackson going to say hello, friends, before his sports updates from the 314? I think that'd be be nice. I like saying hello, friends. Hello, friends. The boom goes to Dynamite Kid, which I believe is that a (laughs) reference to. Um... did he say hello, friends? Did he say hello again, everybody? <laughs> I think he said hello again, everybody. <laughs> he Vin Scullied it. Yeah. I'm in Muncie, Indiana. I'm probably brokering the time for the sportscast, and I'm going to pay tribute to Vin Scully by saying hello again, everybody. Or no, is that Kurt Gowdy? Is that Mel Allen? I'm sure I'll be corrected. I think by it's Vin Scully. Ten thousand texts in the next three minutes. I just picture Vin Scully, or I, don't I know. hear I'm Vin Scully in my I'm head. I'm going to short my own bet, which I don't believe you can do, and say it's not. I think I'm going Mel Allen, and I'm moving all my chips in. My whole bankroll is in. Do with it what you want. Mel Allen's hello again, everybody. Jim Nance's hello, friends, which I've now decided he's doing sarcastically, but people can't pick up on it. That's where uh, I am. What do we have? None of the above. What? Harry Carey. Oh, I disagree with that. I think that where'd you get that from? It's, it's a documentary about his life called Hello Again, Everybody. Oh, I disagree. I've decided. Hello again, everybody. I think that's Mel Allen. 
Well, either way, uh, getting a billion texts on the stories that I just weaved here. Uh, wow, typical St. Louis, Missouri crap. If it wasn't for the championship we won in 1999, that move would have been a disaster move. But to me, Missouri has always been a slow, dead. Uh, well, we, now we're going to go down this avenue, which I didn't realize when I started reading the text. Slow, dead, red state. For example, marijuana and sports betting. Think about it. Uh, everybody, uh, now, I've, now we're getting so many texts, I've lost it. That's Jay <laughs> from Earth City. Now people are saying it's Kurt Gowdy, Brent Musburger. <laughs> I'm, I'm Mel Jackson's Allen. Ta- tone is making people fall asleep, this guy says. That's what I do. <laughs> Your goal is to... Can you come over and talk to my four-year-old? Yeah, I'll let him know. bed, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have a soothing voice. You do have a soothing voice. There isn't a lot of inflection. No, no. Well, who needs inflection? Right. So it's many people have inflection, you got to stand out by either pausing for 10 seconds in the middle of an update and then having no inflection whatsoever and mispronouncing hockey players. So Harry Carey could have said hello again, everybody, but... I think that Mel Allen, I, I'm picturing yeah, I'm, this week in baseball. Mel, Mel Allen, is, one of his catchphrases is, hello there, everybody. Hello there, everybody. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, guys, we do need sports betting. Well, just kind of a non sequitur, <laughs> but you know what? Couldn't agree more. But I have to tell you, I agree. I agree with the. I agree with the expression. Now, I saw this. I, I, I guess based on the text that came in before we came on the air, that Randy and Dan were talking about whether or not Gretzky goes down, or excuse me, if Brady goes down. I just saw Gretzky pop up in the timeline of greatest athletes the proverbial hashtag Mount Rushmore of American oh. athletes mm. of all time. And it depends on how you're going. It depends on your qualification for the hashtag Mount Rushmore. So where are you going to go? You're, you're just going to like no, name dead the, or the alive. Warriors of 2016 and no, then go, no, okay, no. back to you. So dead or alive, uh, Jordan, Muhammad Ali. So Gretzky, would he count as an American I mean, he played in the American League, but Canadian. Right. Uh, I'll count him for that. So Gretzky and then Brady. There's my four. See, I don't think I would put Brady on there. And I know that goes against sports talk radio dogma that whatever <laughs> just happened has to be the greatest or the worst thing ever. Prisoner of the moment. But it's just not the playbook that I run, and so therefore I can't do it. And And... Uh, you know, I know again. I, I recognize that is that is anti dogma, but I am anti dogma. Jordan, hundred percent. Tiger Woods, mm, yeah, boy. Babe Ruth. I mean, I think I, to me, I don't even know if those are necessarily something one can argue. I guess if somebody wanted to argue Jordan, I suppose I could hear a better argument for against Babe Ruth than I would the other than Tiger and Jordan. You could hear a better argument for Babe Ruth like, than Tiger and Jordan. I could hear someone arguing against Babe Ruth just because of the era he played in, which is unfortunate for him. It's not his like he couldn't control that, but that. That's I, what... I guess. I guess. So, so when you when you get into a conversation about this, how much greater was the individual than everybody else? That's right. where I'm coming from, which is why I say. You know, do I include Gretzky is what you asked, you know, if we're talking about American. Well, yeah. I mean, he's born in Canada, but played, you know, yeah, L.A., St. Louis, New York. Yeah. Of course, Edmonton and born oh. in Canada, but it, it depends on how, you know, do you want to include North American? Is it a team? Is it individual? Is it dead or is it alive? For me, for the purpose of the discussion, how much greater was this individual than everybody else in his particular sport? 
at the moment when he or she played. That's fair. And so, therefore, that's how I arrive. Right. Then Tiger's no doubt. Okay. Yeah. So there. Babe Ruth would be no doubt. And Jordan, to me, would yeah. be in the no doubt category. Right. So then your last one is kind of. That's when I go into the tank. It's important to finish my Mount Rushmore strong. You have to. But Brady would not be on there. It's not. That's not to say that I don't have an appreciation for him. I look back on the fact that I was in the building for his Super Bowl win with very little appreciation of what I bore witness to. Yeah. The the start of the New England Patriots dynasty and the quarterback who I would imagine, I would imagine. 90% of football fans who are a certain age and therefore can go back beyond just, you know, February 2002 and whether they would be able to go into the 1970s or they go into the 1980s and start talking about Mon- Montana and Elway and then you go into the 1990s and the 2000s, all of it, and they can give a body of work and how, who they would put there and where they would rank them and all of that, I would imagine most would certainly put them put him in their top four, yeah. if not at the very top. But I I don't think that I don't think that he's in the category of domination as an individual like I view Tiger Woods, Babe Ruth, and Michael Jordan. That doesn't mean that's not to short him, but I'm just saying that I wouldn't put him there. Sure. And I feel like that is what's probably going on today. And I'm not doing it to be contrarian. I'm just doing it to be honest. That's where, that's where I come in. No, that's fair. I think football players are just like one player is less of a difference than if, say, basketball or baseball, where one player can make a massive difference. In football, it makes a big difference. So don't get me wrong, but not as big a difference as, I mean, if you have one really good basketball player on, your, on the team, you can be in really good shape. Mm-hmm. So, and then and that's what we saw. Yeah. And... You know, never lost in the finals. Never lost, 6-0. And, uh, and nearly pulled his team from the depths right. in 95. Right. Uh, which, you know, understandably isn't necessarily something that's at the forefront of St. Louisans' minds this morning, but that is uh, that is a fun fact for no one tell. So with that said, certainly names that get thrown around. I mean, can we double up in a sport? Do you go Muhammad Ali? Yeah, Ali. Before Mike Tyson had his fall, I don't know who was more dominating in boxing. I mean, he was no dominating. Doubt. Right. Uh, Serena Williams has dominated tennis for years. She's in the conversation. You got to think. Uh, so Michael if we Phelps. are going to, for the purpose of if you take the American element out, American born, okay, then it, then I think it's Gretzky. Yeah, 100%. I think that's how you complete it. Hundred percent. All the records he holds. You Jordan, to... Tiger, Ruth, Gretzky. It's a solid Mount Rushmore. So you're, you're you're comfortable with my hashtag Mount Rushmore? Well, operating under what you said at the outset with his in a different world versus his peers right. in the sport at that time. Uh, judge, I don't know what Babe Ruth would do at this moment because how could we? You know, All right? And then you know, judging based on who they played, not over the the sport in general. I think that's fair. Uh, as a person who loves Tom Brady, I named my dog after him, but he's not on the Mount Rushy for best athlete. He's on the Rushy for greatest winners ever with Phelps, Jordan, and then some hockey guy. Jackson, did you just text that in? No, but I'm a big fan of this guy. God. Big fan. You gonna so go? Much. Are you gonna go down your dark path here on the station that no. carries the blues? No, 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 no. I mean, I've... you've already in the first half of the show you attacked the six one eight. Now right. you're gonna. The 618, people in the 618 know I love the 618. <laughs> um, but no, I, I like, I, my mental health is in a good place right now. I don't believe I will be doing any red hot hockey takes here. I like the winner thing. Yeah. I like, I do like that. Because then that, Nicholas. That, Ruth obviously won. Tiger, of course, won. Jordan won like crazy. There is a clutch 
gene. I really do believe that. I don't know if it's necessarily a clutch gene per se that one is given, but it's probably more along the nerves of an individual's ability to either control nerves at a moment or to just not even be conscious of it. I, I recall in, in talking with David Freeze, because not only did he have the at-bat against Feliz with the triple in Game 6 of 2011's World Series, it's easily forgotten, and I'm not even talking about the home run in the 11th inning. In 2012, when they came back against the Nationals, he also had an at-bat where he had to foul off pitches to keep the Cardinals alive. Right. I'm like, this is happening again, and here <laughs> he is doing it again. Now, he didn't hit a triple or a home run, but he kept things going. And I'm just like, this guy has a trait that, for example, in golf specifically, I mean, to me, golf is up there at one of the top because you're an individual and it's you against the course and you yeah. against the field and right. it's not a teammate you can rely on. Maybe your caddy can try to talk some sense into you. And I've talked with a gentleman, um, Adam Long, who's from St. Louis, who's on the tour, beat Mickelson in an event a few years ago. I've played with him. Great guy. Uh, and I said, you know, you're you know, I know a lot of guys in St. Louis were really good. And I said, but you're here, you're playing. What, what's the difference? He goes, ah, there's just some people when it comes to tournament time, it can, it can get to them. Right. Right. Which is essentially the way of saying, yeah, some people, some people want the ball in their hands like yeah. Brady or Jordan. Mm -hmm. And some people don't. And some people want to be up to bat with the game on the line, like David Freeze, And some people don't. And I don't know if that's a gene or it's just the way one is biochemically built, but that is the case. And when it comes to that, it's almost fitting that Brady's final game is one in which he leads his team back to a 27 to 3 deficit or from a 27 to 3 deficit but then uh, just come short against the team where it all started and right. that was the Rams 20 years earlier. All right, I'm sure we're late for a break. Oh my god, yes we are. I hope we have we have what your grandma said. Yeah, we got what your grandma said. All right, it's coming up next. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions. Not, not a good question. Like, Coach, uh, how cool was it that it was a Wisconsin player that uh, sank the winning shot? Well, they're all Wisconsin players. Or, I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. And when that happens, players will fire back. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Stop asking me stupid questions. Now it's time for... So what's your grandma think? I think I could listen to that open on repeat. All right, what do we have here, Jackson? We're already in BK and Ferrario's time, and you're just starting a segment. And by you, I mean me, but I'm being passive-aggressive. Leadership. Yep. I, uh, this is a classic clip because there's not a lot of sports happening right now, but this is Nick Saban after their win against Mercer. If you could assess the offensive play the first few possessions of the game, would you see out there? Well, what do you think? I mean, I mean, it's kind of a loaded question, isn't it? I mean, if it stinks, it stinks. Smells bad for everybody. Smell bad for you? Yeah. I mean, what do you want me to do? Make excuses for him? So mean. Is that it? That's it. Yeah, it was a quick I, was just, one. I was just pulling up a chair, getting ready for it to go on for oh, about five no. minutes. Well, the poor reporter was going to ask a follow-up, but he was just so shaken. Oh, he, probably, he probably immediately <laughs> left the business. All right, we got to go. BK Ferrari are up next. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.